I bloody love fantasy football. Hello everyone, welcome to episode two of the I Bloody Love Fantasy Football Podcast. We made it to episode two. Uh, I'm Paddy Stapleton. And I'm Robbie Keane. But not that Robbie Keane. Um, and we're back. We, we had great feedback from our first episode. Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. We haven't been abused by anyone no, yet. we haven't been shot down yet. <laughs> which, Today, is, which, which stunned me, I have to say. But yeah, so here we are, episode yeah. two. We've had a lot of positive feedback. We've had a, a review from a stranger, which I have to say was a great buzz. Somebody told us that. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, The episode today is called Statistical Analyses. We are going to continue the the fantasy football tradition of starting every episode with a name of a pun. So last week we had Enzo Begins and this is Statistical Analysis. We're going to be focusing on a little bit of the the strategies and the um, tips to get started with your season. You don't want your season over before. It's putting the foundations in. When you're building a house, you don't want to be building it on straw. You want to a good solid foundation to get you started to keep you interested through the first four weeks or first few weeks that's the idea so Robbie's going to be giving us our expertise so to start off we're just going to remind you we are on Instagram we are on Twitter I bloody love fantasy football is what you search for you'll find us there you want to email us I think on Twitter it's I bloody love FPL just be careful of that okay I bloody love FPL but if you put in I bloody love fantasy football yeah, you'll find us um, our G- now we're getting so many likes and hits so many likes and hits trending soon yeah we have <laughs> listeners in ireland mostly but we also have italy norway and uh south korea that was a good so one so i'd say thank you to all your languages but i don't know them so robbie we picked our tips last week any changes to the you picked nunez you picked i think it was five thirty-two yesterday even nunez was out of my team because i was watching the game was there or could there ever been a more darwin nunez goal what happened eight yards out he's in on goal and he decides to try and pass to Salah. Makes a terrible pass. Salah's to pass it back to him. He scores. But I don't want a striker on my fantasy football team <laughs> trying to pass from eight yards out. <laughs> you're shooting or you're not on my team. Eight yards out, you're a striker and you're trying to pass. No, no thank you. So, for the minute, Darwin is gone. gone. Reese James was your defender. Happy enough with him? No, he's gone. Okay. Ben Chilwell straight, it's an easy swap but I mean Ben Chilwell and then I read somewhere I was looking at Pochettino in Spurs he had Trippier and Ben Davies as his wing backs so I do think Rhys James and Chilwell will get games but <laughs> first game Rhys James is out sick like yeah I can't be dealing with that you, you know I think I like to tweet someone saying you know people are still clinging on to the time 20 week, 20 21 points or something against Burnley so I'm Rhys James no, Ben Chilwell, possibly. And your Brentford keeper, Flecker? Flecker, I, I, he's still in. He's still in. And yeah. your midfielder? Salah is gone, replaced by Jota. No, but who was your tip last week? My tip for midfield was, oh, um, Douglas Louise is still there. He's still there, okay. Douglas Louise is still there, yeah. So your four tips that you gave every two of them are gone. Two of them are gone, yeah. <laughs> well, I that's, had, that's fancy football. I had Ariola in defence. I had Alexander Ireland in in midfield, I had Ariola and Gold, sorry. I had Garnaccio in midfield and I have Evan, Fer- Evan Ferguson up front. And I'm happy with the four of those. Ariola, Fabianski played? Yeah, we'll see what happens. It is not a bad strategy yeah. if you wanted to keep, to have Fabianski and Ariola if you're 
not using all the West Ham because at least you're guaranteed then. One of them will start. And you have an eight and a half million. And yep. West Ham under Moyes tend to be good defensively. Not a by, bad strategy. By the way, if you haven't listened to our first episode, do you want to hear Robbie's thoughts for those before he changes them out, go back. It's uh, it's just underneath this one on Spotify. Um, okay, so pre-season has kicked off well and truly. Transfers are coming in. You said already you've gone off Reese James. Who else have you kept an eye on in pre-season? I was... Uh, I'm still thinking, like, with Salah... I, like I was looking at my team and I've been rejigging it and that and I had Salah and Nunes and then I looked and I thought Harry Kane he just makes so much sense he's guaranteed like Salah is guaranteed points but so was Kane but trying to find you have much more choice in the for example Nunes was 7.5 million there's not that many forwards at that price point whereas if you look in midfield if you put Jota in there at 8 million if he plays, and I think he's going to the way he, he finished two great finishes. If he plays, like look at the way he finished last season. And he's listed now as a midfielder. Mm. It's That's a big one. Even coming off the bench, he can get you Whereas goals. Whereas a Nunes striker, if he's making a ball this season, you want to ship him out. There's not that much alternatives. Whereas if Jota does, you have a lot. Okay, we'll come back to that in a little bit. Yeah, but because there's so much variety. But yeah. we, we are going to talk about that. But that's why I, I just, just... I tend to look at players in pairs. But is there any who purely come to you from pre-season... Friendlies. I mean, I know Donny van der Beek Donny scored for United and played an absolutely beautiful little 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 pass through for a chance. He's going nowhere near my team, but is he one to watch out for? Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz for Arsenal. What yeah, price is he I, coming I, out of? Trossard is another one. Kai the Havertz. Arsenal midfield though, there's too many. There's too many. Kai there's Havertz. Who's nailed on? Martinelli, Saka, David. Odegaard, Trossard. They, they, they look strong, Arsenal. Could be a lot of rotation, who knows? And because see, they've got Champions League, so they're building for that. Speaking of Champions League, Chelsea have no Europe, so... Well, they're not even Europa League. Just no. That must be the first time in a while. So you're, you're looking, they will be pretty much nailed on. So like the likes of Chilwell, maybe Sterling. And if this in Konku, is that how you pronounce his name? I have no idea. There's a lot of interest in him. He's like 70% or something. Yeah, he Higher scored. Than Harry Kane. He scored as well, so he, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. And less chance of injury, less games. Yeah. Interesting. And what about transfers in? Does Onana ring your bell? I read a stat, and this is important to remember, he's going to get a lot of bonus points because he completes a lot of passes. Yeah. Goalkeepers who complete a lot of passes and play it on the ground tend to get a lot of bonus points on the bonus point system. So if Onana is keeping a clean sheet, there's a very high chance he's going to get bonus points with that. Okay. Very w- worth keeping in mind. Be interested to see what price he comes in. Probably five, five. I think five. I, I think five. Now, if he comes in at five and a half, he's no. But for me, and I'll talk about strategies this year, I think I'm, I'm not going to go more than four and a half million for a keeper. It'll be interesting, as of, as of when we're recording this, which is a Thursday evening, he's just signed and prices aren't in yet, so we'll keep an eye on him. Someone I like the look of is Poro from Spurs. Pedro Poro, yes. Yeah, I think he's very interesting. He came on my radar last year when he denied me a clean sheet for Shaw and De Gea when he scored against He's quietly United. been effective towards the end of last towards season. Towards the end, he was excellent. Yeah. And again, <laughs> Angie Postacoglu plays attacking football. Is he, he going to be a threat? He's someone he, to keep him is how it's going to go. And, and like that, I think it's important when we talk about strategies. We it's talk the start of the season. Yeah. We're getting everything laid out. We're going to look at things a little bit differently. And we're going to show you, the listener, how you can get the advantage over all the people in your mini leagues. Robbie, let's talk about effective pricing. You told me about this. And I thought this was fascinating. It's, a, it's really a way of looking at it because everyone thinks you have 100 million to spend. You don't. Because, because the cheapest you can get a team for is 64 million. 
So you've got two goalkeepers at four million each and five defenders. That's seven players at four million, which is 28 million. And your other eight players are four and a half million. So you've got 36 and 28, 64 million. Okay. So if you start off with a base team, now you want to try and improve these players. And you've got 36 million, obviously, to do that. So you've 36 million to do it. So basically, <clears throat> sorry, I'm just keeping this clear for me. Everybody has 36 million to play around with, not 100 million. And exactly. it's how you use that 36 million. Okay, go on. Now, if you take, for example, that's why a 4 million to play in defender who scores well is huge because he's an effective price of zero. He's not eating into your budget and you have him scoring points for you. Because everybody has to have somebody of that price. Exactly. A four and a half million fielder. So Pereira last year was like worth his weight in gold. If you can get a five million fielder who's scoring, comes out of left field, is scoring goals, getting points, that's half a million out of your 36 million. So th- there's, there's a huge advantage to that. Mm. Whereas your bigger price players like your Kane, so a Kane is eight million out of your budget, which is almost a quarter. Eight out of 36. So 12 and a half minus the four that everybody has to spend. It's eight and a half. So I've seen an interesting point on this where someone was comparing who should I have. Should I have Trent or Jesus? I've got eight million, they're both eight million players. But that's not the way to look at that. Because technically, Trent is half a million in effective price, more expensive. Because you can get him for, you can get your defender for four million. You can get a defender for four million. But you can't get a striker. So say, for example, right, you've got your eight million, okay? And you say get Jesus for eight million and you put in a four million defender. So let's say you've only got 12 million. Okay. If you've only got 12 million, you can get Jesus and a four million defender. But you can't get Trent and a four million forward. So therefore you have to go to twelve and a half. Okay. So that's where effective price comes in. So it's worth keeping an eye on that. Especially when you do your combos in between that. Again, for your bench, I always say you have to have at the at the start of the season you want to have the most money available you can have. So your bench is eating up money. If you've got players at the end of the day you've got three players to bench you aren't going to play. Okay. Now, if you have got three, four and a half million players on the bench, say you decide you wanted to play a 5-4-1 formation. Okay. And you've got two forwards and a midfielder on the bench. That's 13 and a half million on the bench. Someone else could have... Minimum. Minimum, yeah. But someone else could have, could have their two, two defenders at four million, it's eight million, and a midfielder, that's 12 and a half million. So they're gaining on you because they, that money that's not on the bench is invested into the team. So logically, the best strategy would be... Three, five, two. From a budgetary point of view, from a budgetary point of view, yes, or three, four, three. Okay. Because the forward, yeah, three sorry, defenders. Yeah. So, so you're benching two four minutes at the start of the season. Three defenders is the way to go. Now that's not the way to go throughout the season, but from a starting point to maximize your budget, three defenders is the way to go. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, I hope there's someone that's going to give me a counter argument, and absolutely, it doesn't just come down to this because you could be set and you might think well, I want to have my defenders attacking and they're cheaper than, and that's fine. But I just think from a budgetary point of view, you want to have the, the minimum amount of money on your bench. Okay. And the way you do that is have two four-million defenders and either a forward or a midfielder. And tell me, there seems to be a lot of value in midfield this year as opposed to anywhere else. Between seven and a half and nine and a half, there's a host of players. Whereas forwards between eight and ten, there's pretty much nothing. Like there's literally, you have... Hallen Kane, and then you have the rest. So what's your strategy from a striking point of view? What are you thinking? Have you moved your thinking away from, from what you were last week? If you look, I think you, you, it has to be 3-5-2. Sorry, it has to be four, five midfielders. So it could be 4-5-1. And I think the only way you go... Now, 
you could do the three five two, and you could have one pick of the the Watkins, the the Nunes, that bracket of player Callum Wilson, Isak. You don't know which of them is going to emerge. You want to keep your risks to an absolute minimum at the start of the season. Now, if you look at the midfield bracket, there's so many of them. I think you have to have five out out of the choice because if you say only have three or four of them, and someone else has five, they're they're getting an advantage on you because the just the the way the combinations work. So for me, I'm looking at at the minute my kind of box team that I was playing around with, as a midfield of Saka, Sterling, Yota, Foden, and Douglas Luiz. Okay. Now that's not set in stone, but I think they're all automatic starters. Foden. <laughs> well, with Mara's going. Yeah, I think I'm. As I, I, I said I, last week, I want to avoid Man City, but he's just so tempting at the price. At the price, because if you look at the, his numbers, seven and a half million, he's going to be more of a main man this year. I like, think so. Yeah. It's but again, he honestly, I can't see him being in my team. I don't think I'm going to have the to put my finger on it to to, to pull the trigger with Foden. And when I look at the the other seven and a half minutes, there's a, there's a lot of choice. Like I I love Jared Owen. Yeah. He's one that caught me eye, and I if I'm taking Jared Owen season, he's been good instead of Foden. He's another one I think could make a big step up this year. I've gone with Saka, Sterling, Bruno Fernandez, Mbwemo and Garnacho. But this is these are our box teams. These are our early teams. There's going to be so many changes yeah. to these. Um, I get the feeling you're leaning towards Haaland and Kane together. Well, you, you look at the different templates. You've got a 4-5-1. Now, I, I wouldn't... I, I, any of these four, I think, is fine. 4-5-1, 4-4-2, 3-5-2, or 3-4-3. But now, did we not just say that three is the best at the back? Three at the back, yeah. But you, to start off, you might want to put the, the four in if you want to risk a four million defender playing. Yeah. So you could have like your like a, a Brantwaite um Bayer. Bayer, someone like that. But but that's that's a risk. Yeah. What I like is the three five two, I think it's or a four five one. And I think the benefits of the first week is you're picking your team and you're generally picking players that you know are guaranteed to start. That's the and key. If like there's no point having three four million defenders sitting on the bench if two of them have to come in because you've picked players that might not start. Yeah. Yeah, like having somebody like say, I just don't, but Donny van der Beek not going to start. Have someone like Ganacho, like I have, who I'm planning on sitting on the bench. Why well, have a five million person on the bench when I can have four million on the bench and I can bump you up my midfield? You want to put as much money into your team at the start of the season yeah. as you can, because like that, that's you could have a four million defender, so it's a million difference. You could upgrade your team with a million. There's a lot you can do at the start of the season. And tell me, you're a big believer of having half a million at the bank at the start. Now I always have to have all my money spent. There's times I've took out players who I were doing brilliant for me because I felt, why have my money sitting on the bench? You Tell me, you believe... At the start of the season, this is just knowing the system the way it works. It's, it's because once players are transferred in, they tend to go up in price. Now, if you've no money in the bank, and say a player goes up just by 0.1 million, effectively looking at the screen, you're 0.1 short. Mm. But to get that 0.1, you're going to have to sell a player for someone that's half a million cheaper to make up that half million difference. Because yeah. But if you have the half million, so they, so now you have to make two transfers to get that player in. Because so you have to get rid of somebody more expensive to bring. Yeah, so okay. Now, I'm with you. So if you've got a half million in the bank, it's only one transfer. So straight away you could be on that early bandway without taking a hit. So say if I have Alexander Arnold, no, sorry, that's a bad example. If I have a stupid now. Mm-hmm. And I have no money in the bank. And he 
gets injured in the first game. I don't see it because I'm doing something. By the time Monday comes around, he's down to 4.9 million. So now to replace a 5 million player, I can't. You can't, exactly. So That's if, a good example, the injury. Yeah. If people sell him and you're late to sell him. So or, but straight away, I'm down a five. I'm not down 0.1, I'm down half, half a million because to replace a 5 million player, I have to sell someone else. I'm down four points as well. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Because now if to replace a stupid, your, you, your choices are either a four and a half million player or two transfers. The other side of that is if a stupid has a great start to the season and you don't have him in and you could have someone, um, Saliba say, from Arsenal. For five million. Yeah. And now say, for example, a stupid has a great first game and you thought everyone has him, I need to have him now. Yeah. And you've no money in the bank. So you can't buy him. You can't buy him. And so, you have to sell someone to afford him. So now you used to sell Saliba and someone else Bring in a cheaper midfielder. To bring it up. So by Jesus. having by having that then point ones and by having a five million, you, you could have like it's only point one million, so that can get you two or three transfers yeah. of, of the price differences. So you want to create a value in your team. So I always recommend just having a half a million. So just think of your budget as ninety nine point five or thirty five point five million. Just keep that half million there because it just you always want to be fluid in the insurance. Insurance. It's like runaway money. And I know what you're saying. There's like I used to be like that. It's like you, you feel you have. And I you're missing out if you're not spending all your money. It's, it's nearly ingrained in us that just because this player is more expensive, he's better. I'm sure Pereira last year had him on my bench all the year. I looked at the end of the year, he had like twenty five more points than most of my midfielders. You wouldn't play him because he was four point five million. And because he's Pereira, yeah. Because he's your bench father. I have to and say that's that that's that's a really good tip that I but never would have come across. But then bench fathers, they're four and a half, and they're worth their weight in gold because their effective price is zero. And if you get them playing, it just allows you to invest more money into your team. That's effectively what it is. So it's again go back to try and find that gem for four million. Yeah. That gives you the freedom for the rest of the team. And then like the strategies you can look at. So I've kind of given them a bit of a gimmicky name. So there's one. There's obviously. Most people are going with Haaland, okay? And then you spread the cash, you try and pack your midfield and defence. You can create great teams with that. Yeah. But the way the midfielders are priced, it does leave rise to... Now, I'm calling this the either the Harry Haaland or the Erling Kane strategy. Okay. So you're going with Kane and Haaland up front. So if you're going with the Erling Kane strategy, that means you're captain and Kane. Okay. If you're going with the Harry Haaland, you're captain and Haaland. And you wouldn't be changing them in and out? <sighs> Is that just that way of frustration and rude and killing you? Yeah. You nearly have to decide because it, it, it's, it's playing the percentages. If you just stick to one, at least you know throughout the season it'll, it'll, it'll average it. It'll average it. Whereas if you, you could miss one week, miss it the next week, and it could go over my, and you just tear on your hair. It. But if you play that right, like surely, okay, let's say, I know Haaland is probably as fixture proof as they come, but say you have a weekend game. And you have City away to somebody who's defensively solid. Say, say Brentford go on this run where they're not conceding any goals. Yeah. And you've Haaland is your captain all year. And you look at that and it's Haaland and he's away and you don't find him to score because Brentford are after blocking everybody. Whereas on the other side you've Kane and they're at home to, I don't know, Brighton who've fallen apart and are conceding left, right and centre. Surely you're going to change. This is like the goalkeeper thing. <laughs> because I just find setting a goalkeeper because I've been burnt so many times. Yeah. Now, this is the only downside to having Kane and Haaland. It gives you the captain dilemma. Okay. And, and, and a lot of people, this is what they say, you're better off just one or the other because if you both, it creates, because at least if you pick Kane or Haaland, anyone else in your midfield, they're your captain. But you're see, picking up for your captain. This is the thing, right? I like to think that I'm clever and I know more than people. 
So I would be thinking, I'll ha- if I did go for the two of them, but well, I'll be able to get the captaincy let's, right. Let's look at the fixtures. So Kane, first two games, Brentford and Man United. Okay. Now, you could play your strategies like this, okay? Because, you, you know, the bookies are never on. Look at the odds. What okay. price did the score goals? Haaland's first two fixtures are Burnley and Newcastle at home. Okay. So you might look at that and think, right, I'm captain Haaland for the first two games. Then you look at the next two games. Haaland's got Sheffield United and Fulham. So you go by two by two, you wouldn't go by yeah, you could go by blocks. And Kane has suddenly got um Bournemouth and Burnley. So there it's a it's a, it's a coin toss. Yeah. It's it's one of them, but I am definitely leaning towards a strategy of having Kane and Haaland because at the start of the season there's just about as nailed on as you can get it's to guaranteed, yeah. The reason I'm ha- having Haaland is You can't afford not to. Eighty five percent have him. It's not that you might think it doesn't matter. The, even if you don't have him, okay? And he doesn't score. You still have to find a player that is going to outscore him. And then you're taking a massive risk because first game, he's got Burnley. He goes and scores two goals the first game and everyone has him a captain. Yeah. So you're looking eight, what, nine, ten, bonus points, 13. You're looking at a 26-point deficit. Already, yeah. Already at the start of the season. Like, like it's hard enough to, to get them points back. Well, something I find very, very curious. So... If you had told me that Harry Kane was going to be a differential in fantasy football, I would have laughed at you. This year, looking at the figures, we'll just talk about Kane and Haaland first. We might bring Salah in as well. So Haaland has 85% ownership. Kane has 15.4. That is an unbelievable difference. That's nearly 70% difference. Last year, Haaland scored 272 points. Kane only scored nine less. 263. Haaland... Again, he's brilliant. He's going to score the points. He's a whole new midfield behind him. Players are playing from differently. Now, maybe Pep is doing his genius thing and he's bringing in the players to feed the, the goal. He's got the curse as well. He's got the 40 million curse, curse. yeah. Fancy football, if anybody doesn't know, the 40 million curse, t- players tend to not play well when they're 14, the season when they become 14. But Kane was in what's generally regarded as a shocking Spurs team. Did everything. Did everything. He still scored 263 points. This year, he's got a manager who's more attacking. Now, he is a bit of a risk from that point of view, but it can't be any worse than last year, surely. And he's a bonus point magnet. Bonus point magnet. England captain. He's not going to get sent off. You have James Madison. You have Porro, who we talked about. You have wingbacks coming in. The more I look at it, I think Kane is a lock. You have Son, who's going to help him. Look at the amount of assists they put together. I'm just wondering, are many people going to go Kane, no hand, and bring you one and a half million in somewhere else? Because there's not that big a difference between them. The only thing with that is it is that risk. There is no difference between them, okay? But with everyone having Haaland, if Haaland bangs, you're missing out. Yeah, but you're missing the flip side. If Haaland doesn't bang and Kane does, but, you're ahead of everybody in your league. Why not have both then? Well, that's a conversation to have. Now, now so, so we're having, looking at having both, and at the minute that's what I'm leaning towards. But then there is the three stooge strategy. <laughs> I thought it was really clever with this one. So it's it, it, it's the Harry, Erling and Moe strategy. So you've got Kane, Haaland and Salah. Now you All might think... Team. Yeah. Okay. Now, now you might think, well, you're going to end up with 12 stooges in this one, but... As in, because they're three or so high price, there is going to be crap. But the midfield, because there's so much value, you could have Sterling, Bowen, Douglas Louise and Ciso... These low players, and if you can find, like, I, I'd be looking at this now, if, if a couple of four million defenders come out come, come right. out early, or even a four and a half million midfielder, okay. if they come early, because you could have your um, K- 
Kane and Haaland up front. You have your Salah, and then you're trying to just build around. Now, you wouldn't have Trent, and you'd have to go weak in defence. But you're nailed on points with the three lads. Now, the only thing is, you see, it depends if the season starts. And a lot of this is, this is where you have to be fluid. Yeah. Because you have to be able to move with the game. If the defenders and wing-backs are scoring, you have to go to a 4-5-1 yeah. or a 4-4-2. If it's the midfielders that are doing the job, you need to be able to get to the five midfielders and there's three defenders because you have to have three defenders. Yeah. And say suddenly three forwards are playing, well, then you need to be able to switch to that. So it's about, you don't want to, you have to have your cash spread evenly as well. You don't want to get tied up so that you can jump from one formation to the other. But you, you did a mock team with Salah, Haaland and Kane. Who's your defence? I, I did that team there and the defence, I see there was a few different ones I did and... They weren't the worst in the world. So, like, there was one I did, and it was Saliba, Astupinen, and Botman. Then okay. you had Salah and Cecil, Bowen, Douglas, Dewey, and Sterling. And you had Haaland and Kane. And who were your sub, your sub defenders? Just two four million Bayer and Brantwich. That's what I'm saying, but you're four million. So, Saliba? Salah with Cecil, Bowen, Douglas, Dewey, and Sterling. Now, you could put in Garnacho there, and you'd still have half a million in the bank. It's, it's doable. It is doable, it's and very people, doable. people will look at that. And you're guaranteeing yourself the three. So, like, it's not as bad as you think. I find, the more I've looked at it this season, the flexibility is huge. There's so much value in midfield. Yeah, the really Between is. that seven and a... Well, I suppose eight to nine million, I mean... I like players that I looked at have taken a price drop that have... That they have a really high ceiling. Like, Sterling, I love at seven million. I can't get away from him. Yeah. Bowen's taken a million hit, and... If he produces his numbers not from last season to the season before, again, you know, a West Ham going to be better. It's, it's hard. Like, I, I do think he's really good, well-priced. But if you have a quick look through it, in the 7.5 million range, Madison, you have Ramsey for Villa at 6 million, who I'm extremely tempted by. Matoma, is he going to continue on? 6.5 million. Foden, 7.5. Bowen, 7.5. And Buemo, who I do have at the moment, he's going to be playing as a striker. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of players playing that position. Trossard, again, we spoke about him. Will Almiron do it next year for Newcastle, six and a half? McAllister. McAllister. You have Bruno Fernandes, eight and a half. You have Martinelli, eight. Saka. Rashford at nine is a stretch. Odegaard, eight and a half. There's, there's, there's so much huge, there. Like, and that's not even taken into account the player who's going to come out of nowhere. The Almiron from that year. Yeah. That we don't know. It, it, there is a huge amount. Now, you were you're talking about in Bournemouth, I'd be very careful with him because by the looks of things of Brentford, there's a lot of talk about Wissa taking yeah, Tony's place. Saw that. And he's six million and again could be a nice strike. But I find it hard to six million strikers because you need them to be scoring a lot of goals and assists because they're not getting the extra point in midfield and they're not getting the extra point for for a clean sheet in midfield and they're not getting the extra But see, that's where I'm very tempted by Ferguson and I know it's probably my Irish County Mead bias, but I think he's gonna have a cracking season. But if it's a thing after two weeks he's doing nothing, he's not even getting a start. Then you whip in your four and a half million, a million and a half extra free defence. I like for your midfield, sorry. A simple comparison is Danny Welbeck is the same price as Ferguson. That's <laughs> it's just crazy. Madness. Danny Welbeck has a very low ceiling. Ferguson's ceiling is huge. Exactly. Yeah. You know Danny Welbeck, you're struggling. But Ferguson could potentially be huge. But but for a six million striker, I just think for the extra money you can nearly get a midfielder in there that's really going to give you all the extra you need with it. So at the moment, what are you leaning towards? Are you leaning towards the three boys? The three stooges, as you said, Erling, Harry and Mo. <laughs> it's terrible. It's really bad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's too much time in my hands. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, ruin me for that. 
Um, I, I, a couple of, I'm, I'm trying to pick my players that I want to build my team around. Okay. And I am highly likely to have Kane and Haaland. I'm leaning that way as well. I, like at the moment, my, my, my mock team, my box team, I've Haaland Ferguson and Gabriel Jesus, but I have no faith in Gabriel Jesus. However, this time last year, he was in 80% of the teams. He's really blowing up and he's just, I think yeah. he's, but I, I just think it's too much when you look at the value in the midfield. Yeah, you could have this, you could have Yata. Yata, you could have Saka for 0.5 more. I like Sterling and Chilwell. I think the Chelsea players. Okay. And I am keeping my eye on Nkunku. I don't know how he's going to go, but if he starts scoring early. But as it stands now, are you leaning towards having the three lads or two? I'm leaning towards just the two. And Kane and Alan are your two you're leaning Kane towards? Kane. Why as opposed to Salas? Because you're a Liverpool fan and he's a Liverpool fan. No, I, was, Liverpool man. I was looking and I, I, it was going by last week when I had Salah and Nunes in. And then I just were like, because if I want to have Jota, I'm not having double Liverpool midfield. And again, double midfield is fine. But what I find as well is that that clean sheet suddenly becomes two points less. Yeah. If you have two midfielders there. And now, doubling up, I did it last year a couple of times. I tripled up at one stage with the Arsenal midfield and it worked for me. Yeah, that was mad last year. It, it, it was weird, but I, I just think there's so much money to be put into midfield. There's so many other, Is Salah going to outscore that many midfielders by a huge amount? Whereas I think Kane is going to hugely outscore the forward, same as Harry. Kane and Lerner, of course. This whole conversation oh, is so if, if Harry goes to Byron. Yeah, but even we're going to look back in two months' time and go, what were we talking about? <laughs> we thought we knew what we were talking about. And that's the whole thing. But no, like I'm going by Yata, but his finish, his end of the season last year was brilliant. He scored. He has a ceiling. He's a high ceiling, yeah. He, he, he like a, a stack showed up there, the amount of goals he scored, like as a Liverpool forward. Yeah. He's far better than um, Luis Diaz. He's far better. But Gant- Diaz was injured for a long chunk of it though. But even at that, he scores so regularly Yata when he's on. And Gakbo's another fella that, intri- that intrigues me. It's just who's going to start. Looking at the other man, I, I don't know how Nunes starts that team. I think Jota will probably start. I he think, seems a cut above. I think it's, it's going to be that the, the three that play will be Jota, Salah and Diaz. But he a lot of games moving around. But, but and we're looking for permanence. And actually, one of the reasons I like Fernandes is because he plays every single game. And if you might get a striker, is he on penalties? They switch between him and Rashford. Yeah, I like Saliba is a great price of five million. Mm. You to remember last season, he was immense in that defence. Till he got injured, he went and he got injured. So I think he's a, a very good player to have. At five, he's the same price as the other. Like a five million to the Arsenal defence. Yeah, Ben White's five point five. Yeah, so, so Saliba was outscoring White. White got yeah. into the season. He got a couple of assists. Something else I wanted to ask you about. So when these prices were announced and Hannah was fourteen million, there was a big thing. He's too too dear. Doesn't doesn't you know make sense? Fourteen million. I think that's kind of been assuaged a little bit by the value in midfield. But you think Hannah should have been more expensive? Yeah. Why? I think if he was more expensive, it would definitely put the question mark over it. Should I have him? Can I afford to have him? Yeah. If you're having to pay sixteen million, fourteen million is just. Do you know what? There's value everywhere else I'll get him. Yeah. I have to have him. Everyone's getting him. He's it's too much of a risk not to. If you throw in throw him in at sixteen million, it definitely creates that question mark. Like if you think of it, if he was sixteen million, it's twelve million of your thirty six million. Eleven, yeah, it's gonna be a third of your budget. That's mad. And it'll be a more interesting game. See, it'll be more strategically be more interesting. If that the strategy from a strategy point of view, yeah. At the minute, it's nearly like everyone has had and 
And it ruins the captaincy because I think everybody's going to captain him for the reasons we discussed. Yes. I like we, we spoke last week and you said avoid captain on a Saturday morning. If it's Alan, it's going to be captain. But then first game, it's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Friday first night. game is Friday night away to Burnley. Yeah. And already my superstitious mind is thinking, do I, do I leave him? Do I not captain him? Fantasy it's Premier League, it's lads, it messes with your head. It's, it's, it's just that thing I'm thinking, do I, captain our first game, you know, it's, 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 that, it's, it's a tricky one, but you're probably going to have to, aren't you? First game of the season. And then you see, if you do go with Salah, have you seen Salah's record for opening game of the season? No. Eight points is the lowest he's ever got. Really? 10, 12, 13. He's an opening day superstar. <laughs> it's really like a guaranteeing yourself. As close as you can, but of course, the time you do yeah, it, it's against Chelsea. But he's a good record against Chelsea. Like I suppose he's fixture proof. Uh, I, I do like Chelsea this year, so I'm leaning towards three five two. I like the look of. There's too many midfielders. I like the look of, and when there's that many midfielders, if you only play four, you're like, oh, I wish I had him. I wish I had him. Whereas if you've got five, at least you can maximize that. You can minimize the yeah. what ifs. I have to say the whole Kane thing, and I know I said this last week. If Kane went to United. There'd be serious changes to every team because everybody'd have to have him. Bruno yeah. Fernandez playing him, Rashford off the wing. Again, Kane, why am I talking about you know? I mean, like fun. If if Kane goes to Bayern, well then I'm definitely getting Salah and Haaland. Yeah. So I do think you have to have you're going to have to have two of the top, the big three. And you have to have an eight, an eight. Now you, no one is mentioning like if you look at the price like in his numbers, KDB, and no one's mentioning. I just don't. I think he he won't play as much. He's injury prone. Like he's injured at the moment. Yeah, he is, and he's getting old. I, and he's ten and a half, and it's not a risk we're taking. And again, first week, all strategy is everybody needs to play. To play, so with KDB not playing as much, he's ten and a half. Does that mean no Mares? Does that mean Foden is guaranteed moments? And the new guy that came in today, who knows? It's Pep Guardiola. I don't trust him for a second. He'll look at he'll 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 screw us somehow. He always does. Okay, we're at the thirty-four minute mark. So. What do you do for your goalkeeper strategy? Oh, pick and drop. Pick and, and leave. I, but how much are you going to spend? Cause Depends. If Henderson goes to Forest, I'll have Henderson as my keeper for the, for the year. Yeah, I, I, I only want a four and a half and a four. Yeah, the same as. Unless someone really good comes out in the first couple of games with that, and you kind of have to be on. Because the, the goalkeepers, it's one of them. Last year, they're not in Forest goalkeeper. Henderson. It was, and he saved a lot of penalties. Saved two, I think, yeah. And, and like... He was again a cheap keeper, and Bonus there was points. me. I was like, thought my strategy for goalkeeper was great, and Carl McAdam was like, "Are you for real? Like you just picked this keeper, and you know, and it works." So with goalkeepers, you you can overthink yeah. it, and the points difference aren't that huge. I mean, last year I think Raya was the top keeper. Like if he stays, he'd be interesting, but the difference between Raya one six six and, going who's near the bottom. And there's a nice Ari- choice of four and a half million keepers as yeah, well. Yeah, Pickford, one, two, four. I wouldn't be picking him. Fabianski, depends who plays. Leno for Fulham. Uh, Ramsell at five million. Not a huge price difference. I think keepers, it's not something I'd lose any sleep over. No. But just to summarise there, for anyone starting a team, first of all, think of it as effective price and try and spread your money evenly between the different players in the different lines. So if you're going for two forwards, you don't need to spend half your budget on two forwards. So kind of spread it evenly. Only you'll know because everyone is different how yeah. much they value the different lines. I'm putting a lot of my money into midfield this year. But always have, have an out. So if your 3-5-2 isn't working, that you have a way to get to 3-4-3. Three, three, have your half million in the bank. Or, or, the, or a 4-5-1. The big thing I'll take from tonight is have a half million the in the ha- bank. It's a, it's a clever one. Yeah. And I, I, I probably will start with 3-5-2. 
with the option of going to a four four two, if the midfielders aren't scoring and the defenders start popping. So you could have, say, a Chilwell, a James, a Trent and a Trippier all scoring. And you're thinking, right, I need to have them four. Mm-hmm. So I'll drop to a four mid- midfielder. But starting off, pick your strategy and have have your get it, which are now 0.5 in the middle of the bank, and your pathway to get to if you and have to. don't panic after your first week if you have a crap week. Don't panic. Don't make a load of changes for points. If you have a strategy, trust yourself. Let it run for three or four weeks before you start yeah. doing anything mad. Don't make a transfer the worst week, first week, then you have two the next week. Unless you have like a serious injury, like Hannah gets injured or something. And with the 0.5 in the bank, two transfers, and if you have to take a hit and there are three transfers, you can really do a lot with your team you without you being can forced into a, into a wild card yeah. early on. Okay, we've gone on a bit. So we'll finish up there. Um, thanks everybody for staying with us. Don't forget Instagram, Twitter, I bloody love fantasy football. Follow us there. If you want to share us with your friends, great. Follow us, we'll send you the link. We're going to have a Twitter league and an Instagram league. So if you hear of anyone in the next couple of weeks asking for codes, share our code. Yep. We want to get as many in as we can. We did say it was going to go out on a Monday morning, but it's not. We've decided, we've looked at that strategy and thought, no one wants to listen to Monday. Yeah, adjust your strategy. So we are going to release it on a Friday morning, a good start to your weekend. So yep. when you're way in, if you're having your coffee and you're listening to your fancy football, it'll remind you when the deadline is yeah, exactly when the game week is and what players who to look at if there's been an injury so we'll be kind of keeping you abreast of what's happened during the week yep um, and it, it just giving you a little bit of guidance tips of what's going on and who to be looking at bringing yep. in or bringing it and don't forget to follow us on Spotify so that the podcast shows up in your feed um, we asked last week we had our trivia question we didn't get anybody answering it <laughs> it was who's the highest Irish scorer in top flight football history we told you it was a link to one of our names, but it wasn't Robbie Keane. It was Frank Stapleton. So that would right? have been a good forward line for Ireland. Frank, Frank Stapleton and Robbie Keane. Keane. Sure would. So this week's trivia question is linked to our analysis of our expensive players. Who was the most expensive player in the history of Fantasy Premier League? The highest price point that he got. So, yeah, so during the week he went up. Or the, he started off expensive and he went up and up. Who is the player who reached the highest price in the history of Fantasy Premier League? Tweet us, Insta message us, uh, or just keep it to yourself and congratulate yourself when you listen next year and we tell you we're right. Okay, thanks for listening. We're going to sign off and we will chat to you next week. Thanks, guys. Chat to you next week.